Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. I'm your host, Ansonia. And on today's show, we have Tracy Williamson, who has worked in the music industry for over 20 years as a record label executive, artist, consultant manager, songwriter, and producer. That's just to name a few of her accomplishments. Some may recognize her entertainment company, Trey Seven Entertainment, which provides management, artist development, publicity, and marketing. I'm sure you're as anxious to hear more about this gold that Tracy adds to gospel music. Join me in welcoming my guest today on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold, Tracy Williamson. Well, thank you so much, Ansonia, for having me on Let's Talk Gospel Gold. I'm honored to be on your podcast so we can talk gospel music. Oh, yes. Wonderful. I want to point out something is that you've been in the business for 20 years. Yes, I have. Can you tell us what actually sparked your interest in this business? Well, um, I guess I may have a, a story similar to those who, uh, you know, start young and then progress later on in life. Actually, when I was probably seven or eight years old, out of nowhere, I had a desire to be a music producer. Mm. And I, I could not tell you exactly like where that came from, but I found out later my father also wanted to be a producer, but he has no musical background at all. <laughs> but but I wanted to be a producer and I was very interested in in an uh, executive such as Barry Gordy, Quincy producers, uh, Quincy Jones, as I got older, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I'm, I was born in the late 70s. Um, and uh, so, you know, some of those people, are, they, they, your listeners would be familiar with those and, and they're still around. Um, and I was just really intrigued and I didn't know till later what I was more uh, curious about was really how they were able to pull things together mm. to create something magical. But at seven or eight years old, I didn't know what that meant. I just knew I wanted to be the person making it happen you know, and bringing things together uh, in the music industry. Okay. Yeah, so I see here that you were also, uh, you worked with Ty Scott Records. Tell us a little bit about Ty Scott for those that don't know about Ty Scott. Ty Scott Records, I love Ty Scott. They are still like family to me. Ty Scott is actually, uh, I'm going to be 43. Ty Scott is 45 years strong, I believe. Um, and Ty Scott Records still is the oldest African-American international record label um, in existence. It was founded by Dr. Leonard Scott, and it was later taken on and um, by his son, Brian Scott, who still runs the company and has for, for over 20, well over 20, almost 30 years. And um, they were very instrumental in helping to launch my music career as well. I started there as the um, in my early 20s, I believe I was 22, um, I started as the A&R and marketing director. And for those of your listeners don't know what A&R means, that stands for artist and repertoire. Oh. So you hear an A&R rep, those who kind of either scout out talent and they also help to um, develop and pretty much handle the repertoire and the development of the artist over the life of the contract or their career at the at the label. Oh, okay. 
So let me ask you, in your early career, what was your first artist that you worked with? Um, the first artist I worked with, well, even before Ty Scott, um, from a songwriting perspective, the first two artists that I worked with was uh, New Direction Choir out of Chicago mm. and also my mom's choir, Chicago Mass. Uh, New Direction, I was able to actually help them. And I was fresh out of college, going on the road with them and help with pretty much street team help, you know, setting up tables, promotional items, you know, making sure that people knew who they were at the events. So that was actually the first artist I worked with um, from a marketing standpoint. But at Ty Scott, I mean, there were several artists um, from even some Chicago uh, homegrown artists, Bishop Larry Trotter, um, Vashon Mitchell, mm. Dietrich Hatton. He's not from Chicago, but Dietrich. <laughs> um, uh, also the Rance Allen Group. Oh, okay. Um, Rodney Bryant and CCMC Choir. Uh, if people know who they are from a long time ago, Rodney Bryant. Right. Um, and there's there's several others that I worked with when I first started at Ty Scott. Um, but then I later on transitioned to becoming the label director for Ty Scott. Okay. Uh, within about a couple years. Okay. So explain to us what a label director does. Um, I guess you can sum it up and say pretty much runs the label. Um, my boss, Brian Scott, he's the president. So under, I fall, fell under him as far as uh, position wise, but just I oversaw the other departments uh, from radio, marketing, um, and still A&R, you know, the day-to-day operations with the artists and making sure that what they needed, um, that we were productive with that, you know, making sure their product, their projects, affecting. Mm-hmm. Records, I don't know what to call them nowadays, but for their, <laughs> their music projects, you know, from making sure that the marketing plans were done, budgets were in, um, there's so many elements that are connected to putting out music and making sure that the artists uh, are, are uh, uh, marketed and also produced and um, distributed so that consumers can purchase their product. Okay. Okay, so you also scouted out what what markets to put it in, or where uh, the different, like in the different cities, what markets well, to put those in, or well, some well from a, not from a sales perspective because we also have a sales director, okay. publicist, you know, but kind of oversaw what they were doing and making sure everyone was on task. But definitely when it came to you know if the artist was going on a radio tour, you know what areas they're going to, trying to make sure that everything gels together. So that's why I said kind of like running the label and overseeing the other areas that that the team members were handling. Okay, that sounds great. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, (laughs) it was. (laughs) Now, I see here that in 2007, you decided to branch out on your own and organized your company and founded your company, Trey7 Entertainment. Tell me about that move. It wasn't an easy move. Um, because, you know, Ty Scott is still like family and they were family then, but honestly, and Sonya, the move was prompted by the voice of God and the Holy Spirit, um, letting me know that it was time for me to move on. There wasn't any bad blood or anything wrong or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, speculations of something happening. (laughs) Literally, it was just time to go. Um, and it wasn't easy to express that to my boss. You know, I was, it was very hard to say I'm leaving and it was a scary thing. Um, but I, you know, with God's help and strength, I stepped out in faith uh, oh, to good. start, 
to start to start trace seven i didn't leave immediately mm. um but over a period of time as you know just kind of developed some things um yeah. so it wasn't easy but i had to go yeah i, I always tell people that Sometimes God gives you a different ministry. You might be in the middle of a ministry and you say, are you really wanting me to make that move? And God mm-hmm. wants you to move in another ministry. So you sometimes some people do have that call to stay in it for a lifetime. And then others have a, a different direction to go in. That's true. So that but is. What's, what's interesting, Sonia, is that I thought even though I started my company at that time, we wanted to full time entrepreneurship. Um, but I thought that I was going to, you know, go right into immediately, you know, providing publicity services and marketing for clients, but it didn't happen that way. Um, and if any of your listeners know entrepreneurship is not an easy thing. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. Success doesn't happen overnight. Just like the company I work for, Ty Scott, they started from, you know, not the bottom, but you know what I'm saying? They started from ground zero and it took time. And actually when I left, the Lord was really um, allowing me to see more of who I was. Okay. Um, and addi- additional things that were in me that he wanted to bring out during that season. So it wasn't like, here's Trey Seven, we're here, you know. <laughs> it didn't happen like that. Well, always know that anything that is worth having is worth working for. So yes, th- yes. you you always know that because you like you said it's not going to come quick and easy fast uh like they think things happen overnight it's an overnight sensation here we are in 2020 you started in 2007 and you're still growing so that right. just lets you know that just says it it takes time now one day somebody's going to look at you and say wow she really uh came up overnight you like, no i put in some groundwork <laughs> that started yeah. in 2007 so let's let's look mm-hmm. at what it is that is yeah. really great. I I really enjoyed hearing that. Uh, what really impressed me is that you knew at the age of seven that you wanted to do this. A lot of people don't at the age of seven don't really know what they want to do. So you took that dream at seven and grew that into learning the business, growing in the business. Well, you also went to school for it to get some substantiation behind you because sometimes people don't substantiate you if you don't have papers behind you. That's and true. that is a great goal set for some people that may say, well, hey, I thought about this when I was a little kid, but is it really a reality where you're showing us or you're speaking to us today saying that this is a reality. I This is what I thought of. This is what I wanted to do. And this is what I'm doing now and enjoying it. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, it, like I said, it's, it's it definitely is work. It takes work. Um, and I think you are aware that, um, so my company, I have had it 14 years. I think it's 13 or 14 years. And the years, right. But two years ago, um, the Lord, I mean, it was another transition that he prompted me, allowed me to have a radio show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a radio show on an online station called Tabernacle Radio um, that I started called the Artist Stage Radio Show. Really? Where I um, was launched. I mean, not because I wanted to, <laughs> but just him, just some other development that was going on for the last probably three or four years before that, um, where I interviewed 
you know, national artists, artists I probably have worked with on this, and some not just gospel, gospel and secular, where I was able to interview artists such as Anthony Hamilton, um, Erica Campbell, Fred Hammond, Smokey Norfolk, Tony Terry, if everybody remembers Tony Terry, uh -huh. R&B singer Tony uh -huh. Terry, um, uh, Rance Allen, and the list goes on. But that led to um, the position I currently have. Okay. Um, where being the program director for WYCA, Rejoice 102.3 FM here in Chicago. All right, all right. We will get into that because I got that on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting to that. But that is that, you know, and that just shows you about the transition that God takes you through. So he takes you from a step. You don't see that. You didn't see that in your future. Oh, man. And you transitioned into that, and then that moved you into WYCA Rejoice 102.3. Now, you and I are LinkedIn friends, and when I saw that announcement, I was just so excited for you because I always get happy for people who always have good news because when you see things and you see people growing and, and developing, and you see that, and I'll just tell a little tidbit of a secret. I've known yeah. you since you were a little girl, but I haven't mm -hmm. known you. <laughs> so, or can I say I've known about you since you were a little girl, but I haven't known you personally uh, where we sit down and actually talk. But I have seen you and watched you grow. And I said, this is just, this is just really fantastic. And watching you grow and develop into such a wonderful young woman and to have the responsibilities that you have, because this is not something light. You know, this is, you're, you're looking at things and you're saying, and I know sometimes you probably look back and say, am I really doing this? And yes, you are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I say congratulations again. I know I congratulated you. you when I saw it happen. And tell us the year that you were appointed the program director for WYCA. Um, it's actually a year now. It was, a, we're in 20, this is 2019, September of 2019. Um, where I actually, you know, walk, you know, started in the position, uh -huh. um, and it just, and I brought, I brought it up just showing more so the transition, like you were speaking of transitions. Um, not, I didn't want to jump ahead of your <laughs> questions and stuff. Um, but you know, it's, I, I didn't see that coming. You couldn't have told me that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was not a part of my list or, you know, right. but I do know God has assignments. He has things for us to do. And that's the biggest piece is like following him. Yes. And if that's if that's anything. That's the part that I know to be true is that when you do literally follow him, he he will direct your path, but you have to follow him. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That is you're absolutely correct, because there are some places that I've been done and I look back and I say, Lord, did I really do this? Did you really put mm -hmm. me in this in this place? So I understand that. And if, if anybody gets anything out of this is to make sure that God is in the plan and that you follow what he says, and then right. he'll take you to so many places that you never thought that you would be in. Now, in transitioning with that, not only are you in music, gospel music gold, but you are an author of a book called Own Your Moment and take the stage. Talk yes. a little bit about that. Yay! <laughs> I'm, I'm excited because uh, the book has done, you know, it's done well, but I'm more excited because this was a book that was birthed out of um, probably, I, it was a while ago. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the years, but 
for I was for about three years, I consistently posted what I called A N R one oh one tips okay. on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I don't think Instagram was out then, <laughs> but I posted these tips every week, at least a couple times a week. And they were just tips that I, you know, pulled from my experience working at a label and working with music artists for so many years to help them, you know, be better. And I wasn't posting them to get money from it or, you know, it was free information, but I really do care about the development of artists, music artists especially gospel music artists, because I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but just tips of things that I that I recognized and learned myself and things that I felt could help artists to become better, whether it was dealing with copyrights, it was dealing with how to develop your team, when is the appropriate time to develop a team, mm-hmm. um, being consistent. Um, how you operate in your personal life is how you're op- you will operate as an artist mm. in business. You know, there's no separation. And so just bring, bringing up things like that so to get artists to see the reality of it versus thinking about the stardom and the platform mm-hmm. and the stage. So that's, that's how this book came to be were these tips that I gathered and put it in book form. Okay. Um, and it's not just a list of tips, but it's the book actually, it talks about my life, uh, my journey as a little girl, how I owned my moment. And owning your moment pretty much means holding yourself accountable mm. and owning, you know, mo- owning the time that you have and recognizing what's going on and not waiting for someone else to tell you what's going on, but actually be- being accountable to yourself before you take the stage. Okay. Uh, so ju- these are just things in a book. And it's, it's a music book, but it's actually a book that a lot of people can read if you are pursuing a certain goal, industry, goal, vision, journey, things that you should probably think about and do before you literally step out there to get on any platform. And it doesn't have to be a, in front of billions and billions of people, mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. where people are hearing your voice or are following your lead. Okay. Okay, that sounds like good because I'm going to give you a chance to plug this book again. But I think I picked up some good nuggets there where you talked about copywriting. A lot of Mm -hmm. people don't realize that when they're working, that they're supposed to get copyright. Talk a little bit about that. What's the purpose of copywriting? Well, legally, to protect your uh, your artwork, to protect wh- whether it's visual, um, musical, because copyrights go across the board. It's not just for music, mm-hmm. uh, for books, art, theater, playwrights, you know, plays, anything on the arts um, and beyond. But to make sure that you're co- covered legally so that if when... Um, maybe it's published or there's our monies or royalties connected to it. You are the owner and writer um, of that publication. And, and there are lists. I don't have to go down the list of these items mm-hmm. because there are people out there. <laughs> we know who will say that they created this. Right. They are the owner of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the trick to it is it's, it's all about the time of the, that the copyright happens um, and also who's involved in the copyright, uh, because when you send something to copyright.gov, they don't go, they don't do the, the, the legwork 
to ask you when did this happen you you literally you know submit all this information mm -hmm. but it does not come up again until it has to be you know reviewed maybe somebody else is saying that it's they're the owner or when it comes to like publishing or royalties mm -hmm. but you want to make sure that you do this so you are covered protected legally um later down the line yeah that's something very similar that's happening to the um i'm trying to remember the little animation where the young man did the animation about the father doing the daughter's hair and mm -hmm. then going to pick oh. up the mother from the hospital and then one of the cartoon networks came up with something very close to it that they had to stop production because it was too close to I think it was called My Hair mm -hmm. was the name of it and that so that is an incident, incident of copywriting making sure that mm -hmm. your material is correct and accurate and people yeah. will hear in a an episode probably before yours where I speak to a young man who talks about the getting the correct lawyer to make sure so you want an entertainment lawyer to make yes, sure yeah. that everything is correct and in order so this kind of actually puts a little bit another layer on what he was talking about as far as an entertainment lawyer so that is a uh -huh. very good information and like I said I love when I hear gold I, I love when I hear nuggets because this is information that sometimes especially gospel artists don't know about don't hear about don't even understand they just say somebody throws a mic in their hand and say get up there and sing oh you, you need a record deal or you need to be doing this mm -hmm. that and the other and some people may be in such a whirlwind that they hear gospel artists or gospel singer or gospel group and we're going to be recording but they don't they don't know the legalities of it. And right. that's how sometimes that's people get hurt in, in that industry. That's so true. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's like you said, the entertainment lawyer is key because you can't just get any type of lawyer. It needs to be someone who works in that field and that area of uh, interest because not saying they wouldn't know how, but you want to make sure that they are instructing you <laughs> the right way. Yeah, so copyright is 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 it's necessary, and not the poor man's copyright. <laughs> if you do the poor man's copyright, you're gonna stay poor. So that's not what you want to do. That's not it's not even legal. Like, well, you, it doesn't hold up in court. And what that is is poor man's copyright is where we used to um, basically mail it back to like if you back then a CD. I don't know what it would be now, mm -hmm. uh, but the form of music, you put it in an envelope or whatever, and then you mail it back to yourself or to somebody. And basically in court, you try to use the, the timestamp, the date as your, like, I did it on this date, so it's legit. Mm. No, that doesn't work like that. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> now for a, uh, for a production that um, my husband and I used to have a not-for-profit theater company, we did shows we did a gospel show and I wrote several songs for the show and mm -hmm. before we even put the show up or before we even shared the music to the musicians that we hired I went through the process of getting everything copywritten so that we can have everything in order so in case somebody comes back and says hey this was uh this was my song blah 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 and I was in the right frame of mind to look up we talked about it and look up so always and i was trying to tell the musicians that i worked with too if you create 
music or create anything, you want to make sure that you get protected legally. Because a lot of people do stuff mm-hmm. and, and they don't protect themselves and then they get upset when somebody is using their phrase or using their term or using their music. So mm-hmm. that is, I, that I hope that someone who is listening to the show understands that it is so important to not just say, hey, my cousin Bubba, he'll play it and, you know, don't worry about it and blah, blah, blah. And then cousin Bubba plays it for Susie Q and Susie Q say, hey, I'm going to go record that and go record it. Now, whose is it? Mm-hmm. Is it yours? Is it cousin Bubba's or is it the yeah. one that went and recorded it? <laughs> So we have to make sure right. that That's there true. is... And you have nothing to, to, to cover you. Right. And you've got to, you have to make sure that you, and it's not saying that you don't trust people, but you have to make sure you cover for yourself because you are trying, you're obviously doing this for a reason. You, some people, this is what they're trying to do for a living. You don't want to get out there and have somebody else living off of what you have done. So... That is great, great information. That right. is, that is, I, I'm just so excited about that. <laughs> I'm just so excited about that. But I also mentioned here that you're a songwriter. Can you tell me uh, how many songs have you written? And then, uh, mm-hmm. um, there were about. That's a good question. I've never <laughs> sat down and counted them. Um. There, as far as they have been recorded, nationally recorded, um, let's see here, they're close to, it's about five that I can think of top of my head, actual songs that I've written um, that have been nationally recorded. Okay. And uh, give me a name of one of them. Okay, I'm sorry. So one song in particular was recorded by the Rance Allen Group, and it's called Say Yes. Um, and also another song, um, that I wrote is called, um, uh, uh, my God is one prayer away. And that's written, not written by, uh, recorded by Chicago mass choir. Um, also, and, and forgive me cause my mind now, I've never, I haven't been asked that question in so long, you know, you'd be like, wait a minute, let me remember here. Um, then another song I wrote it's actually recorded by Shirley Murdoch. Um, and, uh, and then DeAndre Patterson recorded the song I wrote called You Are. And it was on his project that featured, um, no, uh, he had one song called um, uh, Great Things. Okay. It was his last record that he did with Ty Scott. So that song is featured on uh, that record. Okay. Yeah, I always like to throw a little curve in there so you can get to that. What? Yeah, that threw me off because I'm like, whoa, you know what? Uh, let me try to remember. <laughs> well, see, sometimes you have to really think back. Hmm, I've done so much, and uh... right, I'm glad you asked me that because now I have to go and look because I'm like, you know what? I need to know this stuff. Uh, but I, that, I have not been asked that it's so long. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So it's about five or six songs, okay. if I can remember uh, correctly. Yep. And they've all been copywritten and mm-hmm. published and everything. <laughs> so, yeah. All, right. all I know, you know, the one song by Shirley Murdoch is called He Is God. Okay. Yep, cool. that's what it's called. How nice. That is so nice. Now, I see here... Also, that you have been featured 
as one of the top 30 leaders of the future. Now, when Ebony Magazine posted that, what did that feel like when you saw that? It was it was surreal, um, just how it came about. I couldn't, I was shocked. Um, I think I was, I was under 30, you know, under 30. Oh. I was under 30 at the time. <laughs> um, and you know, it kind of puts a little pressure on you a little bit, especially for at that time, a publication that big, you know, to post a picture and you're one. So you were one of the top yeah, 30 with, leaders. With top 30 leaders in Ebony. Like I said, it was, you know, somewhat a little bit of pressure, <laughs> but I was honored and grateful um, and just, you know, just said, well, let me just keep pushing, um, you know, not knowing what was to come. We're talking now, I was, that was over 10 years, well over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, but sometimes, you know, you gotta, you go through valleys and, you know, trying times and guys like, okay, you was one of the top 30 leaders, but I want you to get this other stuff in order, you know, <laughs> so you can stay on task. So, um, but I was honored just to, you know, sum it up, very honored and, um, you know, just trying to keep pushing and getting more connected to, like I said, following his lead. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we can be so determined to prove, you know, what we want to do and what we want to accomplish. And God is like, no, that's not what I have for you. Okay. I have some other things. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Now, I'm going to transition back into your management of artists. Now, mm-hmm. you and your business as Trey Seven Entertainment. Do you right. you have artists? How many artists do you have with you? Well, I currently don't manage any artists right now. Through mm-hmm. um, Trace Seven, I still handle publicity, but not for um, music artists, and that's just because of you know working at the radio station. But I have managed uh, several artists, um, more, more so locally um, out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So from a management standpoint, uh, the group Kinsman. Um, I did man have managed managed them for a, a little while. Um, artist, his name is Corey Barksdale. Okay. Um, another artist, he's out of Georgia now, but he's from Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. His name is Carrington Gaines. Okay. Um, and in addition to that, I've done um some well known management to booking and management for Todd Delaney. Um, and then you know uh. I guess you can kind of say with her, she might say yes. Uh, Lavonja Hubbard, if mm-hmm. everyone knows who that is, yeah, out of Chicago. Uh, but it was mostly publicity uh, for Lavonja, but there was a little bit of management help too. Okay, uh, with with Lavonja. Uh, so you know, and management is a, it's a, you know, you have to love uh, the artist, <laughs> you know, okay. yeah. and care about what they're doing and not just take it as, oh, I just, you know, just do whatever. Mm-hmm. You literally have to be concerned about their development as well. Um, Cause if not, you'll just kind of, you know, dismiss things and it's mm-hmm. not to the benefit of the artist at all. Okay. So if a new artist were out, let's say I decided I wanted to do uh, solo singing because I am known as the funeral singer at my old church. Okay. Because whenever somebody passed, they call me and say, can you sing at the funeral? It's not- <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, okay, I'll be billed as the funeral singer. Okay. And I come to you and say, hey, um, I'd like you to manage me. Give me just uh, the the top five things that you would look at when I walked in the door or when we had our first conversation? 
Um, well, the, one of the top things, I, one of the, the things I would look at would be how well you communicate who you are as an artist. Um, and not just vocally, but just in conversation. Mm. Um, you know, are you leading your situation or are you waiting for someone else to tell you <laughs> who you are? Um, but because it's key, you know, because whether you have a manager, publicist, a booking person, because it's totally different from a manager, a stylist, they all follow the lead of the artist. Mm. So that's one thing I would pay attention to. Pretty much your your drive for your career. Okay. If it's if it's being a full time artist, or if it's just singing, you just like singing. That's something different. But your drive, how driven you are, that's mm. that's really one of the top things I would pay attention to. Okay. That is good. That's good information to know as well because you want to, as an artist, find someone who is interested in you and helping to build you and not yes. take not take from you or tear down. Yes. You want someone that is going to help you grow in, yes. the, in your ministry of where you're going or where you want to go and not get to the point where people are pushing you to an area and you're not comfortable in. So... That That's is so good. <laughs> we can be a hindrance and a distraction for many artists, placing them on platforms they don't belong. Mm. Um, and and because we're just trying to, you know, make them famous or the next open door and not realizing they don't fit in there. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not their ministry. That's not their gift. Uh, their gift isn't connected to that door. Mm. And, you know, we're just trying to chase a check too, pretty much, or some type of stardom. And it, 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 at some point, you'll become disconnected from the artist and they'll go on to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like I said, you being the leader and me recognizing how driven you are for your career is key. Of course, along with talent. <laughs> I mean, that's the <laughs> other You know, the talent pieces is very important. Um, Don't sound if like I could share this, If I could share this with you, I've experienced two different types of artists before. One where... They had the drive, they had the finances, but they didn't have the talent. Mm. Um, then I've mm. experienced one who had the talent, I mean, beyond talented, and they were driven. They may not have had the finances. Well, they were somewhat driven, but not as driven when it came to where they wanted to go and the direction they were headed. So, you know, it may have been a kind of flip-flop, not sure, sometimes one day this way, another day, you know. <laughs> and so that can be confusing and, you know, very uh, challenging for a manager. Okay. Because it's hard to manage something that's not focused. Now, that's good. You're telling me a whole lot of good stuff here. This is really <laughs> good because, I mean, I hope that it that our conversation is going to help someone down the road, someone who may be thinking of it or someone who is really driven to know, you know, little tidbits of what's behind the music. I'll, I'll just put it that way. What's behind the music? You want to know what's behind the music? What's behind that singer? What's behind that musician? You know, and right. you have to know that there is more than just what you see. It's not just a facade right. that you see. There's a whole person and people behind them that are helping them to succeed. That's so true. Mm -hmm. that's, and, can, and can I clarify just a bit what I just said about it's hard to manage something that's not focused because focus, you know, you managing is get is also helping to keep things on task. Mm. So when I say focus, fo focused on where they're going, 
So, you know, having an idea, vision, a mission, you know, vision mm-hmm. statement, mission statement, a goal. <laughs> so it's hard to manage something without a goal right. um, because it's all over the place. So I'm sure somebody is probably like, well, it if it's focused, it don't need managing. But, if, you yeah. know, you need to still have a direction. Right. The, right. the vision has to be there because you're not managing things. You're just you're uh, babysitting stuff. Right. You're in a preschool class with kids running all around the place. And you're trying to get them on one in one area. You know, somebody's going to the bathroom and somebody wants a snack and then somebody's <laughs> pulling their teeth out. You know, that's a that's that's <laughs> we got to get on task here. But it's hard when you got stuff, children, you know what I'm saying, at that, that age because their minds aren't developed. I'm using this as an example. Their minds aren't developed. You know how it goes to understand, get on task. That's why at that age, we, we, we're there in the development stage of teaching them. You sit at a table. You use your pencil. You use the bathroom at 8 o'clock only. And it, when it's time to go home, you know, you get the Right, point. right. So, yeah. <laughs> that would be the example of not having a focus as an artist. Yeah. Preschool. yeah, Milesman uh, does motivational speaking. And one part of his uh, section, he actually started a workshop that he was doing about setting goals. And he tells mm-hmm. people about creating smart goals. And you would be so amazed at how many people have not decided to go that extra step. They'll have an idea, but they don't know what's next. And I right. understand that, you know, when you when you think about something, you have to have a plan. If you don't have a plan for something, you just think that, okay, I'm just going to get up and do this. There's more to it than just that. And people Mm -hmm. have to understand that, including knowing how to uh, develop it. So you get from step one. Sometimes people don't know how to get to step three. They know how to do one. They might know how to get to two, but they don't know how to get to step three. So that is a, a great bucket of information. I'm going to ask you too, if, at one point in time, if you'll come back and be my guest again on another show, and we'll mm-hmm. focus on uh, specifics in some areas, but we'll talk more about that. But I want you yeah. to, again, tell me and tell the audience the name of your book and where it can mm-hmm. be purchased. Yes, <laughs> it's On Your Moment. I'm excited about my book, Own Your Moment and Take the Stage. Um, and don't feel that you can't purchase this because it, it talks somewhat about music. Please, 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 if you are interested in owning your moment or your journey, your vision, your goal, mm-hmm. uh, before you take the stage, you can purchase my book. It is $15. You can go to my website at Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, the number seven.com. Click purchase and it will be mailed to you and also um, personally signed by myself or you may purchase my book on Amazon. Um, It's available for Kindle as well, but you can purchase the book on Amazon and it also will be shipped to you. So go right ahead right now to Tracy7.com and purchase on your moment and take the stage. And just so you all know, at the back of the book, there is a journal. The Mm -hmm. book includes a journal for you to journal your thoughts. And actually um, there are affirmations throughout the journal reminding you things like, don't begin until you count the cost. Um, uh, Don't just be, become consistent. Um, Build up your music industry knowledge before you sign a recording deal. Build before you share. 
Um, and so there's several affirmations throughout the book and in the journal part, build your vision before you brand as reminders of things to do to help you own your moment. Again, that's tracy7.com. Go ahead and click right now and purchase. It's only $15 and I would just love to have it shipped to you. Or you may also purchase it on Amazon. Wonderful. That is just, that is just really great. I appreciate it. I want to thank you for being my guest today, Tracy Williamson, and participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its goal. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this show segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests, you would like to hear on the show, send me an email to let's talk the number two gmg at gmail.com. Again, that's let's talk to gmg at gmail.com. I am your host and Sonia saying, let's sing, let's shout, and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. This episode has been sponsored by BornToSpeakToYou.com. This is an online e-learning program with eight categories offering over 100 courses. The eight categories are administrative skills, career development, human resources, personal development, sales and marketing, supervisors and managers, workplace essentials, and a Microsoft Office package. Now with this package, you can get prepared to certify for the Microsoft Office Specialist exam. Right now, some of the courses are over 60% off their regular price. You'll wanna check out these online learning courses. They're available 24 hours a day. Technical skills will get you the job, but training and soft skills will help you keep it.
That's borntospeaktoyou.com. And the twos are numbers. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. I'm your host and Sonia. Have a blessed day.